Good morning and good afternoon to each and every one of our merry Marvelites. Welcome to Marvel Movie Talk right here on Geekscape. Uh, a very special Marvel Movie Talk. Uh, we are going to talk about the Marvels one more time, but uh, we're going to get what I'm calling our op opposing viewpoints of the Marvels, and I'll introduce our guests in a moment. Uh, whether you've seen any of our previous shows or not, uh, I think it's important to just, I, I just put out on the table. I enjoyed the movie. I went to a press screening on Tuesday. I texted a bunch of people that, uh, hey, I think it's really good. And then after it came out on Thursday, I started getting a lot of messages about uh, people I think were worried about me. And <laughs> I felt for the first time like those maniacs who liked the Lost series finale, where you just clearly have experienced <laughs> something different than the people you know. And you're just like, all right. I mean, look, I liked it. And I took my kids to see it on Saturday. And uh, my daughter especially liked the Flurkins, the cats. And she's already a fan of Ms. Marvel. So, uh, you know, and uh, my son was just happy that there was an icy and popcorn. But I do think he enjoyed it as well. Believe me, if he didn't enjoy it, I would have known. So uh, that's uh, basically the backstory that uh, I liked it. I had fun with it. I think that uh, an hour and 45, we should get more superhero movies under two hours. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking to you, the Batman, you know, mm -hmm. uh, if we get stuff, you know, anything, you know, but then if you're an hour 20, then I'm going to worry. But I think that this was a, this was a good length. Yes. This was a, this is a slight film, a bit of a trifle. I had fun with it, but now that you know my opinion, I would like to bring in our illustrious panel. <laughs> we'll go clockwise for our visual audience. Uh, continuing the conversation on the Marvels with opposing viewpoints, artist Andy Smith. Andy, thank you for being here on the show. Hello. I appreciate it. And yeah, you got uh, it. Your right hand man and partner in crime, uh, Dennis Turner. Dennis, thank you for being here as well. Live long and prosper. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And uh, of course, uh, the man who has Hollywood in his name from Hollywood and Toto, Christian Toto. Uh, Christian, thank you so much uh, for being here. Thank you uh, for uh, watching the movie and uh, you know your reaction to it is uh, what started the wheels turning for this conversation. Um, I, I want to just uh, by way of kind of building a foundation for the conversation, Christian, you and I usually talk at Oscar time. So when we talk, we tend to be talking about the movies that someone somewhere thinks are some of the best movies of that year. Sometimes it's arguable, but the, the bar is usually set a little higher than, well, I was going to say summertime, but you know, it's Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. so, so late in the year, superhero fair, but I'm curious what for you personally, what have been the MCU movies that you, that if, if you think that there's one or two that were great, but just for you, the ones that were the best, whether they're, you know, anytime over the last 15 years or whatever, which ones stand out to you as like, oh, they really hit the mark with this. You know, uh, many actually. I, I would, I guess, I'd go first to the Avengers, and give a lot of credit to Joss Whedon. I think he did that superhero grouping movie so well. Had the humor, had the action beats. It, it moved swiftly. I, I could watch it again and again. And then I think some of the other Avengers films were nearly as good. I, I could watch Infinity War in a loop. I mean, the action sequences, the the bits of humor. The Thanos is just a spectacular villain. And and you uh, love the happy ending in Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> it's a snap. You know, I, 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 I Captain America Civil War, 
again, yeah. I'm I'm a geek in the way that I watch action movies and that hangar scene where it's good guy versus good guy. Again, I could watch it right now. I could watch it, get done with it, and then hit rewind and see it again. If only to hear Paul Rudd ask as Ant-Man, does anybody have some orange slices? I mean, these are really fun movies. They're yeah. well-constructed. And I, have to, I think the Russo brothers really, for a while, were just at the peak of their powers as far as delivering superhero films. The first Iron Man has a lot of uh, great qualities. Uh, I don't think I love the Guardians movies as much as others, but the first one is quite good. And yeah. I, mean, I could go on and on. I think there's been a lot of highlights. And I think that's why... We're all still talking about this franchise because they did hit triples and home runs repeatedly. And uh, I think the, the, the fall from grace has been spectacular for that reason alone. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, a, a lot of times you kind of have to look at the, you know, the original run, whatever it is, the first 23 movies that basically ended in Endgame. And then you have to you have to really zero in on the stuff that came after. And I think that some of them I I've quite liked. Sometimes I like the characters. Like I think for me personally, I, I really liked Shang-Chi. I, I just felt like, yeah, I like the character a lot. And I'm like, I, I, I mostly like the movie and you know, but uh, the, the recent crop has movies like uh, multiverse of madness, Thor, love and thunder, which again, I thought was fun because it was a classic Thor adventure. Uh, the movie that I'm kind of out on, out on the limb for uh, not liking is uh, Wakanda Forever because before it came out, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, they shouldn't recast Chadwick Boseman. I like the idea they're taking. And then I saw the movie and I was like, oh, they should have recast him <laughs> because it was just like, oh, I didn't care about it. And I don't even think like having the, right. the Shuri character in addition to T'Challa, I think would have been fine. You know, mm -hmm. if she had been some kind of superpowered character, but it was like, that's a that's a lot of uh, a lot of weight to put on Letitia Wright's very slight frame, you know. <laughs> um, so this one, the Marvels for me was uh, one of the ones I've liked the most in the post Endgame era. You know, I mean, I think uh, uh, Guardians three. I mentioned Shang Chi, and I, I think we get to count the Spider Man movies, even though they're co productions with Sony, because yeah. if you look at the Sony only Spider-Man movies, you there's a huge difference. I, I, I don't I don't mm -hmm. dislike the Andrew Garfield movies anywhere near as much as some people. But uh, let me ask you uh, before we dive into this movie in particular, I'm going to ask uh, Andy and Dennis the same thing. I'll ask you first, Andy, uh, of the recent crop, uh, which are the ones that stood out like, OK, this one was really good. And do you have a designated stinker? Is it is it this one or is it uh, is it the is it the Eternals, basically? <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh my God! I always forget about the Eternals. Oh, that's everyone right, does because it's forgettable. Everyone does. Exactly. Exactly. It has a huge cameo from Harry Styles, and yet people still forget about it. Yeah. Oh well, that was the best part of the movie, and the fact <laughs> I got to got to get up and leave. But um, the 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 man, the Eternals. I'm actually glad you pointed that out because I it is so forgettable. I don't well, think I would have even mentioned when it, people are but... having the reaction to this movie that uh, they are. I I feel like it's a good time to be like, hey, uh, remember the Eternals? <laughs> so yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, I will say for uh, uh, one of my favorites from the past that I'm surprised uh, Christian there didn't mention was Winter Soldier. That's one that I sure. can just hit on a loop. Everyone else you mentioned, I totally agree with. So now moving on. Um, yeah, I think, okay, so my favorite out of the post-Endgame stuff is probably Guardians 3. Okay. Um, 
And then my least favorite, but you know, it is, it is a real big, wow. It, it, it's honestly, it is not this one, but the Eternals, it's gotta be the Eternals just because, <laughs> well, just because I was going to say Wakanda forever, but then I realized, well, it's a sequel. So I got to see some of the original cast. Yeah. And I did like their Angela original Bassett, cast. I thought was great in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's things you can pull out of that. The Eternals was like, there's like eight lead characters just, and I don't like any yeah, of them. Just, I no, that's not true. I liked, they, um, I, I liked uh, Kumal Nanjani. I, I did like one of the characters. I forgot. Yeah. The Eternals like is the... The Eternals is the only Marvel movie that I fell asleep in. <laughs> I, I nodded out for like 20 minutes when, um, was it Selma Hayek was yeah. talking about her backstory and they started going into flashbacks and stuff. And I do, I remember that's when I nodded out. I think I asked Dennis it's, afterwards. It's like your brain knew it? the part of the story that you could uh, check out for. Yeah, uh, before, exactly. Before I ask uh, Dennis the same question, let me ask you, Christian, you know, you for, for work, you have to see a lot of movies. Uh, have you fallen asleep during any of these? And maybe, uh, ha I don't fall asleep many times in a movie. I didn't even fall asleep during Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's three and a half hours. So it's like, I should have at some point, but I, I, I enjoyed it, but that's, that's neither here nor there. What, uh, what, what about you, Christian? Do you, do you ever find yourself like, I could probably just rest my eyes during this non-fight sequence in a Marvel movie? You know, the Marvel movies don't put me to sleep even when they're clunkers, but I do fight sleep in other films. And I just think part of that is I'm wiped out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I work seven days a week, but also the movies just aren't that engaging these days. I, you know, it's, it, it's, not all their fault, but it's a lot of their fault. If you had a good story and interesting characters and great dialogue, I'm not, I'm not snoozing. I'm up. I'm, I'm, you know, that's why I do this, this silly gig is because I really enjoy movies. So that's a problem with films. And by the way, I, I I'm going to maybe overstep my bounds here and give you my worst of the, the post, uh, I guess the recent Marvel movies. Oh, that's thought, fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would definitely uh, be interested uh, in knowing what you thought the worst was to me, the Marvels, I had so such low expectations and it is so, uh, it's so comfortable in its own skin. It's not, a, it's that saggy, terrible skin, but it, it, it's not presumptuous. It doesn't have a, an ego about it. So I, I, I kind of some slack, but I thought Thor Love and Thunder was just atrocious. And, right. and what a waste of Christian Bale. And, and to yeah. see Ragnarok and then see that film. And I just saw Next Goal Wins with Taika Waititi. This is a, a, a very interesting filmmaker who has fallen off the cliff Creatively speaking, I mean, I thought Jojo Rabbit was brilliant. Yeah, I agree. his last two yeah, films yeah. are just atrocious. So, I, I, I'm hoping for yeah. a return to form, but he's so twee, it's off the charts now, and I think he's been showing it way right. too often. Well, I, I don't think you're alone in your assessment of Love and Thunder, uh, but uh, I wanted to ask you, Dennis, uh, sort of the the same question: What have you thought of the the post Endgame films, where it's been, you know, it's been a a, a little bit of uh, some rockier going as they uh, they try to figure out what they're doing. In, in general, it's been a snooze fest. Um, I have it has been lackluster pretty much across the board. Guardians was probably the, the best of the crop. Um, uh, you know, I was one of the few that really liked Ragnarok. Um, I, I enjoyed Wait, that. Sorry, one. do you mean Ragnarok or Love and Thunder? Ragnarok. And then okay. Love and Thunder came out and it was so over the top and it was so bad. And I, I agree with you, Christian Toto. The uh, Jojo Rabbit was phenomenal. I love that movie. The whole family did. Mm -hmm. We watched it how many yeah. times? 
And, you know, it's just fallen off a cliff. The problem that I've seen with this crop is after She-Hulk, the Marvel AI, K-E-V-I-N, has started writing all the Marvel movies because that is literally what this feels like. You know how the AI, they misdraw things and like on a hand they'll have six knuckles. That, that's what I feel like all the Marvel movies are. It's being written by Kevin. And uh, boy, it's just not engaging. It's just, uh, it, this Marvel's is probably my least favorite out of almost everything. And I had super low expectations going in and even were lower. I think this was my lowest rated Marvel movie that I ever gave it on our show. So uh, the, the usual go-to is Thor, the dark world. And you prefer that to the Marvel. Absolutely. Okay. No, oh, yeah, I, I do too. I have a friend, I have a yeah. friend who loves that, that movie. So uh, I have no problem with that. Oh. Movie. I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I didn't hate it by any totally, means. Totally, it was so but. different from the first one. I think I just wasn't expecting it. But uh, yeah, so uh, so it's interesting because neither of you expected anything. So, well, of Christian and Dennis, neither of you expected anything. And for that reason, Christian was able to kind of shrug it off. But uh, also, I feel, Dennis, there's always, you know, any comic book movie, I think that there's always the uh, expectation that it will at the very least come close to the source material in some way and represent the characters. Um, I think an important movie to compare it to uh, a friend who I asked to join us, but uh, didn't want to put himself out having these opinions publicly. So I will not identify him, but <laughs> he said that uh, his comparison to the original captain Marvel movie, I thought was interesting. He said this movie was definitely a mess but at least it was a fun mess. Captain Marvel was a boring mess. And uh, I thought uh, that uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm at least okay with that movie, but I think for me, the difference was that uh, Iman Vellani and Tamona Paris, there's uh, characters brought more out of Carol Danvers than we've seen mm -hmm. before. And I talked about this in an earlier conversation in the Captain Marvel movie the immediate disservice is like, well, she doesn't know who she is. And so if she doesn't know, we don't know and we don't care. And that was my wife's biggest problem with that movie was just that, like, I didn't care about her. And I'm like, oh, I kind of care about her from the comic books, but you're right. So I found it uh, to be a little bit more, you know, more engaging. You know, she had flashes in like Endgame. I talked about uh, in an earlier conversation there's like the exchange she has with Peter Parker where he's like super nervous talking to her. And I'm like, okay, I kind of like that. And then they kind of like planted that seed and I thought it worked a little bit more in here, but uh, let's uh, go around and uh, I'll start with you, Christian. What do you think are the biggest problems with the movie? Why, why it just didn't work for you, Christian? Uh, there's a lot of things you can point to. I do think it starts with Brie Larson who is technically a good actress. But, you know, I think what we've seen in a lot of these superhero films, and it spreads across DC as well, is the casting has been so on point. And you could just name up everyone. I mean, Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, Chris Evans, just yeah. beautifully cast roles. They know the characters. They're charismatic. I don't think Chris Evans is a great leading man, but as Captain America, he kills. He's great. Yeah. And then I think that Brie Larson, for whatever reason, whether it's the character's not defined, the director hasn't been working with her in a way that 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 reaps benefits, but 
I've just never enjoyed her character. I thought she was terrible in Captain Marvel. I do think she's slightly better here, maybe for the reasons you described, that she's got people to work off of. And there, there's some there's some back and forth there. But I think it starts with her. I, I just think the script is a mess. It's not sharp. It's not clever. There are some yuck, yuck moments, no doubt. But it doesn't really have any sort of pop to it. And the plot is all over the map. You know, you've got this very, very generic villain. And, you know, she's ranting and raving across the screen. I don't care. You know, one minute she's against Captain Marvel. The next minute she's sucking up the the, the, the resources from other planets. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not invested in her journey. I don't care. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a dog person. So this whole cat thing with the tentacles and stuff, <laughs> I could care less. It seems so infantile. And, you know, Christian, Christian, you said your kids love it. That's what this is made for. It's made for yeah. younger younger audiences who haven't experienced great films yet because they're young and it's silly and it doesn't ask much of them. And that's perfectly fine. But this is a major film franchise with yeah. a lot of home runs to its credit. And this is like a bun single and it just doesn't measure up. And, well, and don't worry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show my kids Goodfellas this weekend. It's a little late, Go. but you know, never too late. I guess. <laughs> no, no, no. God. My, my son's my son's only eight, but he's not ready for the Godfather. Goodfellas. Listen, I rewatched Destroy All Monsters recently. It was a movie that I adored as a child. It was Godzilla and all the yeah. monsters getting together. Sure. And I could barely sit through it. And as a kid, I would have <laughs> I would have sacrificed my parents in favor of that movie. So I'm not judging your children. It's just that's just yeah. where we are as youngins. That's all. No, exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. yeah, a lot of the stuff that we remember, you know, I remember being so excited when I think I, I had, you know, Netflix, the first streaming service. And I'm like, oh my God, they've got old episodes of Voltron. I got like four minutes into it. I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. I can't believe I watched this every day. <laughs> um, but um, Dennis, I want to go to you next because uh, I know that uh, of you and Andy, I know that you were the uh, one who was much more upset that uh, it sounded to me, Dennis, like you had the urge to actually walk out of the theater during the Marvels. I've only ever walked out of a movie once in my entire life that I paid for. And that was Highlander 2. And I mean, look, if you're going to walk out of one, that's a good one. That's it, a good it, one to walk was. out of. My wife and I, we both looked at each other and we're like, <laughs> wow, I, I don't care. Let's just leave. I was really close at times in this movie, but you know, Andy would be like, we got to give a review on it. You yeah, got to stick right. it out. And that's what that's what it was. I I really there were so many negatives about this. Um, no, Aman Vellani, she was my one and only highlight to this whole thing. Her presence, her charisma, her it's like she is the one who actually wanted to be there. And it wasn't her character that felt this. It felt like it was the actress herself. And she was the one that brought any of the workable scenes together. The ones that I wanted to see, I wanted to see Carol Danvers and I wanted to see Photon. I wanted to see them interact, you know, and do that. And I wanted the scene and, and the emotion. And there wasn't, there was the one scene where, you know, Brie Larson sitting there, she had a little more emotion in this, but it's like, okay, I'm happy. I'm sad. And then they're like, freeze. And they walked up, squirted some saline into her eye. And then you watch the, the tear come down. I'm like, it's the same face. And all of a sudden there's a tear there. There was literally uh, no emotion to it. And they couldn't get any of the characters right. Like I, I watched Secret Invasion. Oh, 
Nick Fury, yes, exactly. But that was Nick Fury. How do we go from sour and dour Nick Fury in this to I'm going to be Arnold and whip out one-liners through this whole thing and joke everything and uh, black girl magic, go. And I'm just like, wow. I mean, you could not be more polar opposite in the exact same character it 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 infuriated me because it was just so bad and the whole thing felt like we shot a movie it was a bad script to start with now we're gonna reshoot half or three quarters of the movie and then we'll reshoot some more and then we're gonna cut it all apart and then we're just gonna reassemble and do a few filler things in there and hopefully this movie makes a little sense now and it didn't. Um, the uh, again, I'm uh, not taking a contrary stance on uh, this movie to uh, anyone's opinions. But uh, what you said about Nick Fury, the exact opposite is true for me. Uh, Secret Invasion was unwatchable for many reasons. That Nick Fury, I'm like, no, that's 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 actually not him. I like the uh, I like the uh, the fun, freewheeling, jokey uh, uh, Sam Jackson. That's that's what I that's what I come to uh, for that. But uh, I I can see that if if that's what you're expecting. Yeah, he's definitely it, it's what Christian said. Like, this is definitely, uh, you know, it's an hour, 45 minutes. Yes, it's PG-13. This is the first time I even considered taking my kids to see an MCU movie in the theater, especially my daughter's only six. Um, and prior to this, my son had seen the first Guardians is the only one he had seen. And, uh, you know, I think it is definitely it clearly to what you're saying, Dennis, it probably it had to have been a choice. That's like we're going to cut it down in such a way that it's like the most uh, accessible to general audiences. But, now, but to my point on Nick Fury, um, yeah. it wasn't that I thought he was right or wrong. It's continuity. You literally just finish with one and move on to the other. And he's like bipolar. And I right. it's like he forgot to take his pill in one of them, which is the correct <laughs> which which pill pulled. didn't he take? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I would say just considering the fact that Nick Fury interacts with squirrels in this movie, uh, I would say that uh, without even telling us, they immediately decanonized Secret Invasion. It clearly did yeah. not happen. It would have been referenced if it had. And uh, I agree with you, though. Uh, you know, it, it is it is a little jarring to go from the two portrayals. And I'm sorry, Andy, I think you were about to say something. No, no, no. I, I was just going to say, you know, with the Nick Fury thing, the thing that irritated me from, well, Secret Invasion wasn't that great. But the the thing that irritated me with the, with Nick Fury is why in the hell for Secret Invasion? We've seen this. We've seen Nick Fury since day one almost in the MCU, but for Secret Invasion, he's like, I got to tell you, this eye patch just bothers the shit out of me. <laughs> and then in the last episode, he's like, going to space. Got to put yeah, <laughs> he I puts know. it back on. What the? I, but, like with uh, the, I don't, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I think with the TV no, series, a lot of times the uh the it's like basically you know do no harm it's like here's the starting point of your tv series whatever you need to to get back to that point it's fine because think about falcon and winter soldier a series that i i liked for the most part it starts off if you remember at the end of endgame sam is going to be uh, captain america well, that series starts off and he's like, no, I'd actually don't want to be Captain America. And then you have six episodes. And at the end of it, he's like, actually, I do want to be Captain America. Right. 
So you don't need to watch that show for that journey. Uh, yeah. And uh, Secret Invasion, I think it was like, oh, yeah, Nick Fury's up in space. He's been there a long time. Well, he's down. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't <laughs> need to put the eye patch back on. And uh, yeah, so I, th I think it was like that, that. Those were the orders, you know, from the desk of Feige. But can I, can uh, I jump in with two yeah, ahead, things? Ahead, Christian. Yes, please. One, I'm so done with Nick Fury. And it's funny because when he first entered the scene, it was, well, it was race swap. Who cares? It's Sam Jackson. He's great. Yeah, right. Everyone exactly. embraced him. Right. Everyone loved him. I am so burned out in his character. I don't care about him. He, Like you said, there's such a, a change in tone and change in attitude. You just know who he is or what he is. He is not necessary anymore. And I just feel badly for Jackson as an actor that he has to keep catching these paychecks. But also, I think that also points to a bigger issue where there's no rhyme or reason to any of this. And the amazing thing about the Avengers Infinity War and Endgame was I don't know if it was all by the book, if there was this grand scheme, but in those two movies, it felt like there was a grand scheme and everything was interlocking together. And this meant that, and this meant, I mean, it was fascinating to watch all these pieces just co collide into this one unifying portrait. What is going on with this franchise? What movie connects to the last movie? What plot connects to it? And now we're going to have Kang is going to go away because Jonathan Majors has got some, you know, legal issues going on. Mm -hmm. Nothing makes sense here. Nothing's cohesive. There's, it's like the last couple of Star Wars movies. Where's the plan? I don't see it. I mean, after they did it so successfully the first time, even if they failed at it, there should be some sort of blueprint here. I see nothing but chaos and, and just competing storylines, competing visions, and, and a lack of quality. And all of it is just a complete train wreck. Well, Christian, one thing I'll just say is um, I agree with you with Nick Fury. I think he's done. He was the glue that held everything together. Yeah. Now I will say I finished Loki and which was the best ending in anything on Disney plus. And to me, that becomes the new glue in the Marvel universe that Nick Fury should go away as the glue. And now the God of storytelling who's interweaving through all of this and has the ability to make changes. Something tells me Loki could become the new glue for, uh, for, for the MCU. Hmm. I'll be curious to see if, if they take that any farther or not, but yeah, but see, Oh, I was going to say just, so I saw a headline that, basically said Tom Hiddleston's journey over these past 14 years is over. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I, but by the way, uh, Dennis, you're not the uh, only one I've heard uh, with that theory. Uh, I, I had a conversation where uh, people thought that maybe he will play a bigger role, even if it's not right away, if they continue dealing with uh, timelines and multiverses, uh, you know, they come up with a reason to see it, but it did feel kind of like, a punctuation mark uh, without getting too into the specifics for people who haven't seen Loki right? Uh, that you do get the feeling that it's like, we already have an ending for our first Loki because Thanos killed him. And then this is like that Loki that disappeared in Endgame from basically the end of the Avengers movie in the timeline. I know it starts to get confusing and convoluted, right. which is exactly what Christian's talking about, but that Loki in theory this was all we had left, even though there's, you know, once you open the door to a multiverse, everyone can come back at any time. Yep. You know, there, there was a talk that in Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, we were going to see uh, Tom Cruise as a Tony Stark 
you know, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I, I, I would have enjoyed that, <laughs> you know, would have been fine. I, I like, fine. I like, I like gimmick casting. Sure. But uh, yeah, so the, the future uh, is very clouded and we'll sort of talk about that when we're, we're done talking about the movie. But uh, Andy, I wanted to kind of give you the chance that of the three of you, it feels like you're the one who liked it the most. You still didn't love it, but uh, oh, and let me ask, because a lot of times I know that you see a movie with your your daughter, who I think is in her early 20s. Did you see this with her? She's 20. Yes. Okay. And did yeah. she like it? She loved it. Okay. So She loved it. And I think, you know, I think this movie was, once again, kind of geared to a younger audience. Like, you know, like you said, you could take your kids to it. I think kids in their, or young adults in their 20s would probably like it as well. Cause they're not thinking about story flow and, and stuff like that. You know, they're, they're just looking at the eye candy of everything. Um, I agree across the board. I think uh, the actress that played uh, Miss Marvel was fantastic just yeah, because I'm, she's I'm so young. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She, she's so young. Um, it, this is, this is the biggest thing she's ever done. And that giddiness almost comes across it's so real because I think that's how it is for her and it's hard for her to almost contain. So it's like good that there wasn't any real hardcore dramatic scenes. Cause you'd probably look at it and go, she's just so giddy and cute. And but, she was, um, she was she, there's like that one instance where there's any peril for her, where like the hammers on her head. Yeah. And I was like, I got to see how this plays out before I decide if I'm going to take my daughter. And just to interject, <laughs> uh, you know, Amon Vellani before being cast as Ms. Marvel, was a huge fan and she'll like debate Kevin Feige on which reality the MCU is and doesn't subscribe to the concept that it's, no. this is super nerdy. I'm sorry, Christian, uh, but uh, that it's, it's six one six because that's the comic book uh, right. timeline. And this is clearly not. And I believe she's written a couple issues of a, of an ongoing Ms. Marvel series. So oh, I have no uh, idea. Yeah, no, no. I, 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 I was informed at the comic book shop just last week that oh. uh, there was something. So I thought that was interesting. So, yeah. So it's like, yes, she's excited. And I think that a lot of people can identify with that excitement, especially when you find out like, okay, she also really likes these characters without even setting foot on a movie set or even watching the movies, you know, she really likes them, but uh, uh, finish your thought, Andy. I just wanted to sort of build yeah. that up a little bit. So, so my, you know, like I said, Dennis, we, we write things zero to 10 and uh one to 10, whatever. Dennis gave it a three. I actually gave it a six, probably a little high, maybe more five, five or five, but you know, Maybe it's because of my background in comic books and stuff. I mean, Dennis has a huge background too when it comes to reading and everything. But I didn't have a problem following like the story. I didn't think it was put together in the best way. <laughs> I and look, I thought the villain was pretty vanilla as well. Because once again, it's like, who's this person? You know, I mean, everybody that's not a Marvelite could go, who's Thanos? But they did such a great job of building him up. For so many years before Infinity War and Endgame that people knew and got enough of a background with this villain. It was just like, oh, she's a Cree that got pissed off and has a, you know, has a big vendetta against Captain Marvel, you know, ruined the planet, you know, the Cree planet, whatever. Um, and, you know, one of the things I said in our video about it that just it just pulled me out of the movie was when they got to the planet where 
Captain Marvel's a princess. That's fine. Don't care. But when they broke in the song, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. This just reminds me of a Disney cartoon where they just sing for no freaking reason. And I don't eat, I don't want to hear this bullshit. This is a Marvel movie. To me, it should be more intelligent to the point of, well, that's how they talk on this planet. They sing to each other, except for this dude who I'm married to because he's bilingual. And I'm just like, oh, my God, you're killing me. I'm watching a Nickelodeon made for TV movie. It's and- it's funny you say all that because uh, the the previous conversation I had, uh, my friend David Brody, uh, who I, I think actually oh, yeah, yeah. you were yeah. on the Loki show with him. Uh, he liked the movie. However, he hated that sequence so much. And basically everything you're saying is like, he's like, oh, come on. And uh, yeah, he, just, he specifically I- wanted to know if my eight-year-old was put off by the the singing. And I'm like, you know what? If If the popcorn bucket hadn't, hadn't still had some popcorn in it he might have but he was okay but uh sorry uh sorry uh, and no. finish your thought so i just thought it was stupid i just thought it was stupid out of you know they could have done anything with that planet i mean it could have just been they just talk they're done that was the whole point to me is it's like you want to make this planet different so your way of making it different is they all sing that's your way of making it different you so in other words instead of giving them a different appearance somehow that would take some spe- some makeup, practical, special effects, you went the real easy way out, which is like, no, we'll just have them all sing and dance. That's yeah, easy. But, but you're missing and, the big point, and that was to introduce Brie Larson slash Captain Marvel as the new Disney princess. She's got her fancy gown now because they gave oh, her Oh, I know, one. I know. They, and yeah, she yeah. called herself a princess. So that was how they were going to do it because – we have new toys to sell and a new princess. Line. Well, and technically in the MCU, there is no princess. So how do you work one in to sell that? But, yeah, and then yeah. the other thing too was, look, I am a cat person. I like cats. I love dogs. We've had them both. And, but that feline thing where it was like, what are these brains all over the place? Oh my God, they just hatched a cat. How yeah. are we going to get all these people on the ship? Dennis and I are thinking to ourselves. I mean, literally it's like, there's a movie where the two people could hear each other and we're just talking through thoughts going, Oh yeah, the flirt and they're just going to start eating people. And then they ruined one of my favorite songs and it's from the play cats playing that during the roundup. And I, I told my wife, I said, we saw that movie or not movie. We saw cats on Broadway back in the nineties and that is the memory I want to take to my grave. And now I've got this in my head. Did you see the, and, the, the, the Did you see the film version of Cats? No, no. So no, no, no. It, it's uh, the, believe me, this movie did no damage approaching what that movie did. Uh, no, I'm that's not even a heard. fan. You I'm not that. a particular I fan of Cats, that. but I needed to see that movie. I if I went with a group of friends. We might have uh, we might have uh, snuck some adult beverages in, but uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I I, I, I can see yeah. To me, it was funny I just, because to me, cats is it's it, it's it's not a work to be uh, held up to high standards. But obviously, uh, if if you feel that way, I can see getting annoyed. Well, I don't. You know, <laughs> it's not the greatest play out there, but I do like yeah. the song and whatever. Sure. So so anyhow, that scene uh, once again, it was just another one where. As soon as it was like, oh, my God, there's 300 some people on this ship, but we only have this many escape pods. You just know what they're going to do, you know, and I thought it was lazy. The movie we went. Yeah, we just nodded. We knew what they were doing. (laughs) Yeah, it it, it was just lazy. And I feel that that's what 
a lot of the MCU movies after Endgame are is kind of lazy. And back to what uh, Christian Toto said was about there's not a big cohesive plan anymore. I think they would obviously disagree, but the problem is most people don't see it. Whereas with the first, you know, up until Endgame, I always said when they did Iron Man, I really believe they went into Iron Man, not with this huge plan of Thanos or anything, but just going, let's see what happens. If the movie totally takes a dump, okay, we tried, we're done. You know, but if it does good, you know, put in the Sam Jackson after credit scene, because once again, takes a dump, doesn't matter, does good, we can build off that. And I think after the first few movies, they were like, okay, we're building to the Avengers. And I think right around there in the behind the scenes production side of things, they did have this plan to go, okay, we might not have the directors in place, but we've got the actors in place. Let's end this with Infinity War, you know, Endgame. Right. You know, and and now it's just like it's it's just throwing stuff at the wall, it feels like. I don't know. And I know you brought up Kang and it was supposed to be Kang. Well, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I wanted to I wanted to save that conversation for later, but it's come up twice sure. now. So, no, it's important to talk about it. Um, my thought on Kang, uh, everyone, you know, yes, Jonathan Majors uh, has uh, some very serious uh, legal issues facing him, some very serious allegations. Uh, you know, the first round kind of went away, but then you're like, oh, but there's a lot more. Um, I think if they want to tell the Kang story, they will tell it without him. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I had a friend who had the, uh, I think it was actually David Brody had the joke solution of just recast him with Terrence Howard, who, yeah, was that was last Brody. week. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, uh, but, uh, I, I think you're absolutely, look, you know, this is a, a being that uh, exists in multiple realities. You either explain it or by the way, you don't, um, the idea that they would replace Kang with Dr. Doom is only coming, I think, from people who don't understand Dr. Doom. You know, I don't think he's, I think he's a very big adversary for the Fantastic Four. Maybe he could even get some people together, you know, do like some Masters of Evil kind of stuff. But I don't think he's a a big enough bad for that. And the uh, Avengers Kang Dynasty is a movie that's, I don't know, slated for like 2026, which sounds crazy, but that's actually only a couple more years. Uh, And they lost their director, uh, but, uh, you know, it's also, you know, he's probably like, yeah, can I, can I do something where we know what we're doing because we don't know what's happening with this. Um, right. but I personally feel like the Kang character is still going to happen. I just don't know for sure that Jonathan Majors is, uh, going to play it. Um, what just, do you guys think? Yeah, I think it's such an easy solution. It's and it, he hasn't been on the big screen, but what quantum mania. It's the only time we saw him on the big screen. Yeah, Right. He's not somebody. I mean, I'm sorry. Look, when Chadwick Boseman passed away, it was awful. But that was another one. You know, I I do remember we did a podcast after that. And if memory serves, because it was so fresh, it just happened. I think I might have been like, you know what? The easy fix is just just make... um, uh, Michael sure. B. Jordan, bring oh, him back. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And make him Black Panther. You know, right. that was that that was my initial thought. But then as time went on, you know, obviously before production and the Wakanda Forever came out, my thought changed to it's not disrespectful. 
just recast him. It's not that big of a deal. It happens all the time in movies, you know. I would just say recast, recast him. him. And then, you know, let, let if we need to, give him the mask. Give him the classic comic book mask that, that he can wear. You're talking so, about you know, the, the blue mask that yeah. uh, we saw like a glimpse of in Quantumania. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Christian, from yeah. sort of the, the, the real world of, you know, film production and, and uh, decision making, uh, what do you think is the most likely thing to happen? Do you feel like, you know, when you have, especially look, Disney has proven that uh, they uh, are very quick to move when there's potential scandal. And by doing that, they created a, a DC led by James Gunn. So uh, <laughs> I think that they're trying to be like, well, you know, let's kind of, let's, let's go a little slower, but uh what do you think sort of the reality? I mean, this was, uh, in, I think it was in Variety yesterday that uh, they, they weren't going to have their director. But I mean, a Marvel movie losing a director, it's almost like it has to happen. It's like it's like it's like the prologue of any Marvel production is yeah. that uh, they have to go get a new director at some point. Yeah. What do you think, Christian? I, you don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I, I none of us really know how deep the plans are, what yeah. the blueprint is like for the next few movies. Uh, just based on what we've seen over the last couple of years, there may not be much of a blueprint of consequence. So I don't know, but I think the Jonathan Majors things is not going to go away. And I think the Hollywood is risk averse, and I'm surprised they haven't they haven't cut cut you know cut loose already because I mean Roseanne Barr was cut loose and Gina Carano was cut loose. Hollywood is very eager to cut loose with celebrities that that they, they have an issue with, but they're they're hedging their bets here. I, I just don't know. I mean I. I think the Marvel's collapse of the box office, I think recent trends, I think directors losing their films, I think Major's situation, I think everything is in flux right now. And I think Disney's probably running scared. But I think also Disney's knowing that Indiana Jones is collapsing and you know uh, the Star Wars movies, they can't make Star Wars movies because they keep collapsing as well. You know, um, a, a major player, it might've been Kevin Feige, just recently said, yeah, I'm out of that. Okay, he was going to make a movie. He's done. The Game of Thrones team, they're out. Who knows what's happening with Ryan Johnson? Maybe all pray he never makes another Star Wars movie. Oh, so here, here, I, I'm I think, with you on I, that. <laughs> I think it's just chaos on steroids right now. I want to make a couple of quick points, though. One, they interviewed Kevin Feige. That's how you say his name, right, Feige? Yes. I, I, heard, I yeah. honestly didn't know for years. I've heard too, I've heard it too. said with him in the room, and okay. I feel like they would make sure to get it yes. right. So. I, he was interviewed on the red carpet for the Marvels, and I'll never forget this. They were, you know, he's there to pump it up to kind of get people excited. Yeah, of course. Oh, and yeah. one of his quotes was literally about the movie: "There's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end." And I'm thinking, okay, he's out. So he he knows he knows <laughs> wow. this is trash, and he's just I don't know what he's doing. But also, this is a comedy in a sense, and I don't think it was very funny. But I look to movies like the Ant-Man, the first two Ant-Man movies were very funny and very right. good oh, yeah. comedies. And again, Thor Ragnarok, everyone loved that, that comedic spin on that franchise. So it can be done. It should be done. It's not, not an issue here, but this is just lazy storytelling. And this is just, yeah. oh, a cat eats people. I mean, it takes about eight seconds to write it. I mean, I'm surprised we weren't deluged with fart jokes at this point. I mean, because they're the, right. the hackiest version. So it's just a lack of of quality writing across the board and 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 also the loss of key characters i mean if i'm robert Downey jr unless the check is uh you know they got to back the brains truck as howard stern used to say i would avoid yeah. this like the plague i wouldn't go back to this franchise he left it like an icon 
Hopefully he'll yes. do all the good movies. Uh, his career has been spotty since then. Why would you even bother? It, it won't feel right. And, you know, then Iron Man's death meant nothing in this whole franchise, yeah. which hurts as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I so, agree. I just want to, sorry, I just want to get this uh, comment from the chat. Uh, this is sort of basically building on what Dennis said. Uh, Rich in the chat, just recast Kang and always show him with his helmet and the purple yeah, face yeah. for future appearances. So yeah. you can you can basically recast the actor, but, uh, you know, it's almost like you just use, you, you get like a good voice actor to actually <laughs> give the performances because you just have a guy. Yeah, but you know what? The thing is, this is this is the problem, too, with some of these movies when it comes to, to these characters that are visual because of like a mask. Right. You never saw Kang in the comics be like, oh, let me take this thing off. Mm -hmm. You know, he always had it. And a part yeah. of it's like, is it is it because the actors are like. No, I want my real face shown. Or is it because the studios are like, no, we're paying this well-known actor. We got to get people in the seats to see him so his face will be shown. But it's it's like, well, no, to me, Kang, it, it's that mask. That's how you recognize yeah. him, you know? You know, the, the issue with Kang and as we're describing, and, and this is the real issue with this movie, along with most of the last movies, the most important thing that the heroes need to face is a worthy villain, a villain that is built right. up this villain. And, and I recognize the name and you guys know me. I actually went and dug out the first appearance of Darben. So I knew I'd have it because this was during the in infinity, uh, crossover, uh, uh, stuff. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I you just just keep holding it up. I uh, I I didn't know I, I didn't know which screen I was going to go to. So now I'm literally going to all the wrong ones. <laughs> we just go down to his thumbnail and yeah, hit solo no, exactly. in the top left corner. Yeah, no, we'll uh, fix it. Ben, yeah. right there, sitting down. So I had to look at it because I knew it was all part of the Infinity Gauntlet crossover stuff. He's a general. There's two generals in there. Yeah, just hold it up one more time now that you're finally done with it. I finally got you to the right screen. <laughs> Dang it. I'll open it back up. Yeah. So that's Darben. Right. Um, uh, that guy right there. Yeah. yeah. Is, so, that, uh, is that some, uh, is that Ron Lim artwork? Uh, yes. That I'm seeing? Yes. Yeah, that's what yep. I thought. Yeah. yeah. Yep, nice. it is. So these are two generals that in the universe, they were both generals. And later on, they become kind of co uh the co-leaders and then when Deathbird comes in she winds up killing them you know both off and they eventually get sucked into the supreme intelligence so the one in the movie has zero bearing to this what whatsoever and okay they're they're using a name and but there's nothing else to it so how are they going to build this character up what is this villain's motivations and plot? Oh, my my world was destroyed, even though we're all standing here and it needs air, water, and 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 light and, and, and sun. So we're gonna space balls it. And you know, I, I when they're gonna suck all the air out the top, and I even said in the in the in in the show, I'm like, oh, Mega May just went from suck to blow. And I was just like, wow, I mean. I cared so little about Darben. There was no motivation. Where did she get Ronan's hammer? Because she was well, just uh, a Marvel. And suddenly she's an accuser, you're assuming, because she's got the hammer, which was destroyed, but it's 
back now with the same glow that well, it had from Guardians? I, I did think it was interesting that basically she comes off as Ronan, you know, who of course is in the first Guardians played by Lee Pace. Right. It's like, oh, it's Ronan's little sister, you know, like found his hammer and decided to play yeah. dress up. Well, and that's what everybody uh, I think that the, the only thing I liked about her backstory is that you see Captain Marvel literally drop a bunch of bricks on her head. I'm like, all right, at least, at least that's why she's pissed. There's all the other stuff. But it's right. really like, bitch, drop some bricks on me. <laughs> well, that's just it. That's why, like, that it's thank God they did that scene. Because if they didn't, there would have been nothing for like <laughs> why she's hell bent against Captain Marvel. The other thing I want to know if if uh if you two guys noticed, because Dennis and I talked about this at the end of the movie, and it still is just baffling to me, is you see Kamala Khan, you know, Miss Marvel with both the nega bands on and then at the end of the movie she only has one you never find out what happened to the other one it's uh, never there's, said there's why'd she take moments, it off there's a few moments that feel like uh they are definitely the result of uh some very liberal the, editing uh yeah right. i think that and then also what you were talking about earlier with like the the explanation of like why are all these hatching brains on the ship i don't know let's just uh let's just put these two on it i'm like i feel like these things were addressed and were answered i do wonder why kamala doesn't have the other band because we yeah. saw her with it and look you just need to explain it a lot of times you just need you don't need a great explanation you just need a comic book worthy explanation, you know. But I, I thought one of the she, problems with the film is that it was a lot of explaining. If yeah, we right, do this, right. Then we get that. If we do that, then it's like, yeah, yeah. And, oh, that's just. And, and 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 to Christian's point, I think that's exactly why it's not in there. Maybe it's like if she wears both of them, there's too much like energy coursing through her. She's not used to it. You should explain it. But to Christian's point, they're like, there's plenty of times, you know. I think the the distinction I think for some people between Star Trek and Star Wars is that Star Trek will always explain. And part of it was because it, most of, you know, 800 hours is like on a TV budget and they kind of have to explain it because they're not going to really be able to show it to you. But it's like, not everybody wants it to be explained. Um, but I, I had the same thought. And, uh, you know, until uh, we had talked about this for a couple of times, I thought Kamala's family was moving into the house in Louisiana. But then it's like, well, I think Carol's moving in there. And I'm like, oh, so they're just I know helping. I thought that but didn't they crash thought, in New York? So I thought yeah. they were moving into the house too right. as a hey, take this because we That's ruined your what house. I thought. So <laughs> we don't get real good answers uh, on that. Um I uh, Christian, I want to uh, I, I want to know we sort of talked about the the mo the biggest problems, you know, we've talked some, about some specific sequences. Was it an overall feeling or was there a moment where you were just like, all right, there's no coming back from this? Or was it just sort of overall, it was like, eh, this doesn't really work for me. I mean, I think when you're into the movie to a certain point, I feel this way about a lot of movies where I, I kind of give up. Like, I have hope, I'm curious, yeah. I'm giving them a chance. And then when you see enough scenes back to back to back, you think, this is not going to be a good movie. So I, I don't know what exactly that moment was. I'm sure it was. Yeah. If it wasn't during the sing song scene, anyway, I don't know I, I, what I, it was, but a movie that I invoked earlier, uh, I think the Matt Reeves, the Batman, you know, most movies, we all know most movies have a three act structure, but it was when the fourth act started in the Batman. <laughs> I'm like, what the, how I knew the movie was three hours and I still couldn't believe they were like, and you could you tell, just... but the thing is you could like, you know, most people, once again, my daughter couldn't tell, but you're right. 
in the Batman, you're like, okay, third, fourth act. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. It's like, is what this is this new story that we're starting? <laughs> we're at like right. two hours and 35 minutes. Let's go home, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Save it yeah. for the next movie. Um, yeah. And look, one of the things I wanted to make sure to talk about, and it sort of touches on this notion of uh, Jonathan Majors. Obviously, for a lot of people, uh, Brie Larson is a, a very divisive person. Not so much because you know, people don't like her performances. It's fine. Um, I, I always like to use the example that uh, musically, uh, I, I would say Michael Stipe of R.E.M. is an incredibly talented musician. But if I ever see him talking, I hate him so much. It makes me like his music less. Uh, you know, there was like an MTV Awards where he wore 12 shirts because he thought he was going to win all 12 awards. Uh, you know, just little things like that. And, you know, yes, this goes back like 35 years. <laughs> but no, but uh, I know what you're talking about. It's yeah. it's her off screen personality. Yeah. I was telling Dennis last night that, uh, you know, everybody loves Michael Jordan. I haven't talked to anybody that's like, Oh, I can't stand that guy. It's Michael Jordan. He's great. Not only is a basketball player, but he's, you know, maybe Scotty Pippen, but yeah, other than that, but well, maybe him, <laughs> but in comparison, LeBron James. Yeah. It's like, oh. if you never heard him run his mouth off the court on stuff that it's like, what are you talking about? You know, you'd be like, you'd probably feel the same way, but he just yeah, but, puts his foot in his LeBron mouth. So James, many times. When he's, when he's on the court, makes you forget about him as a person because he's so right. good. And you right. know, like Sean Penn has been this divisive guy for decades now. Yeah. He's a great actor. So when he's on screen, yeah. you're locked in and you're not thinking about all his word salad speeches, but I don't think right. that Brie Larson in this series can no. make you forget about her being sort right. of full of herself and fighting for equality and all these causes that she pursues because when she's right. on screen, she's blank and she's dull. So all you can think of right. is that off-screen Brie, Brie Larson. So that's the problem. Right. They, well, yeah, LeBron exactly. James, LeBron James, they, they film him reading a book. He's really smart. He's really smart because he's always reading a book. <laughs> oh, oh, maybe it's upside down, but that doesn't matter. He's still reading it. Look, it's important. But no, to, that's more important to be seen with a book than to actually read the book. I, <laughs> I agree with that. Right. Uh, sorry, what were you going to say, Andy? Well, I was going to say, I know there's others you know, stuff we need to touch on. I don't know if you want to touch on the after. Well, the well yeah, let's get to that in a second. I want to finish the thought okay. on, on Brie Larson. No, that's cool. Uh, just I just wanted to make I, sure we I got think, to that. I think Christian's <laughs> point that, uh, yeah, no, don't worry. Okay. Uh, I think a great uh, actor, you know, look, I mentioned him before. Uh, when I went to see the most recent Mission Impossible movie with my friend Eric, we were making jokes before it started. Like, uh, I wonder if Ethan Hunt is going to be tasked with finding David Miscavige's missing wife. We were making jokes about his. And 20 minutes into the movie, I didn't even think about any of that because that son of a bitch always makes me forget how crazy he yeah. is. He makes me forget <laughs> about him jumping up on Oprah's couch, talking about how much he yeah. loves Joey Potter from Dawson's Creek. I don't remember any of that stuff because he's so good. And He's so good. I, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, it's it's unfortunate because, look, there's probably people that, uh, you know, that uh, the reverse happens to, you know, the fact that, uh, that literally like Ted Nugent will never be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, despite the fact that he's, you know, one of the greatest guitar players of at least the 70s. You know, you don't even need to look at anything else. You don't even need to talk about damn Yankees, you know, but it's like. I think even before he was so political, it's like, oh, he's a hunter. It was like already like, right. Right, we're going to go ahead and close that door. You know, so right. for some people, it's so hard to separate it. And I think Brie Larson's one of those people. I, I, there are definitely people who love her. And um, I think 
she definitely in this movie finds the character better than she did in the first yeah. one. Uh, no, she does. I don't know if it's a, if it's enough for people, you know, who are just like, I, I think there's people she's just never going to win over. Christian, is there something like, did you, did you like her in, uh, in room or is there something that you were like, okay, she was good in, you know, does she, does, is there a performance of hers that stands out? It's like, okay, at least there's that. I, I liked her in Scott Pilgrim, but it was a small part, but uh, is yeah, there anything then, that comes to mind for you? A room, obviously, but also there was a movie, it was called 12, something and i think it was about sort of a rehab center and it was maybe an ensemble cast and i think she was in that and she was solid there but listen here's a here's a quiz for everyone in this conversation quick describe carol danvers and or captain marvel i couldn't do it if you said yeah. describe ms marvel well she's a teenager she's from new jersey yeah. she's close with her family she has this aw shuck spirit she wants to do the right thing she's in awe of captain marvel i could go on and on describe her or even uh, was it uh, Captain Lambeau? I don't know the title. Yeah, Monica. They, yeah, they, yeah. they didn't give her her superhero Describer. name. When, when I started reading Describer. comics, she was Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah, no, no, they don't do a great Marvel. job. It's like, yeah, exactly. She's like, she's capable. She seems like a nice person. Yeah. Right. Also, yeah. Uh, you know, her early part when she was the kid, they they tried addressing that anti-Carol anti, uh, and stuff mm. like that. Carol Danvers looks no different with all these years that have passed than, than what? So if you describe her, she doesn't look any different. She did from her own movie from the seventies. She doesn't look any different than what she did now, other than a slight costume change. So, you know, she's not aged at all. She hasn't. Yeah. Been, but that does from that a geeky superhero stuff, right? I mean, yeah. like, right. From a geeky comic book do. standpoint. Yeah. Like Christian what? said, I just take that too. When yeah. she got enhanced with the Cree stuff. Yeah, I just feel like that's her real super. That's her real yeah. superpower. When you figure that narratively, the character of Carol, Carol Danvers is like sixty, hmm. you know, the same yeah. age Annette Benning was in the, in the first one, and you're like, and she looks like that. All right, <laughs> you know what? It doesn't matter what else she can do if she can reignite a son, yeah. you know. Right. <laughs> How does she have such nice skin? Um, yeah. We can uh, we can we can uh, circle back on some of the movie stuff, but uh, Andy, I definitely wanted to talk about so. There's there's sort of the the two end credit sequences, the one that's actually before the credits, which I, mm -hmm. I think was a nice spoof of the uh, of the Nick Fury in the early mm -hmm. phase one going around. I thought uh, Mon Volani, I like uh, Kate Bishop. Uh, sorry, Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. I mm -hmm. thought that mm -hmm. uh, I didn't love the Hawkeye TV series, but I thought she was good. I, I'm like, I, I know that's an established character. I'm fine with that. Uh, you know, she's kind of the star of the only good uh, live action Transformers movie. So I'm fine with all that. I liked her interaction. <laughs> it's, it's hard to say though, isn't it Christian? Is is there really any good? I, I just, no, when, it comes to Transformers, when, it, when it comes to Transformers movie, I'm like, there's one good one. It was the animated one from 1986. That's it. <laughs> but if you have to put one of the live action ones, Bumblebee, I thought was the best one. Bumblebee um, was good. Yeah. Was. But anyway, I don't, uh, so I thought that was fun. I love their interaction. I've said it before. I like when she's like, you didn't think you're the only kid superhero. And she's like, I'm 22. I just thought it, I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I like their dynamic. I really liked her dynamic with uh, Yelena, with uh, Florence Pugh in the Hawkeye series. You know, I really thought, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm like, I like how she plays with these other characters as presumably that's someone that we'll see, you know, uh, th them all with. Uh, so I'm all right with that. Uh, but Christian, do you roll your eyes when it's like, oh my God, they're setting up more stuff? You know, like, like, just end this movie. Don't worry about the next thing. Well, I mean, back in the day, meaning like three or four years ago, those post-credit scenes were fun. They were exciting. Yeah. 
they teased something that would definitely be uh, be uh, they would they would build upon. It wasn't just a one off. Now you just see these things. You know what's going to happen? Do they care about this? Is this going to even be a thread that we need to follow? Uh, so I don't care anymore. It doesn't doesn't interest me. I I mean I feel like this is how I feel about Star Wars, where I loved it my entire life and I'm done with it. Like they've 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 short circuited my fan, you know, uh, wiring, and I don't care. Oh, there's a new movie coming out. Oh, there's a new Star Wars TV show. Well, I just don't care. And when these movies would start and that Marvel image would come on the screen with the flapping comic book pages. I got excited. Like that was like my cue. It was like a Pavlov's dog. I'm going to get a treat. But now I don't care. And now with the post post credit scenes, I don't care either. And they're going to do more multiverse and they're bringing characters back. We thought she was dead, but she's not dead. I'm yeah. exhausted. Okay. <laughs> and this multiverse thing has been an absolute poison pill for this entire universe because they did it right once with the Spider-Man films and they got high on yeah. off the, off the, off the drug. And it's just a terrible thing. It just, it, it requires extreme discipline and great storytelling, and none of this is present in these movies. As we were talking yesterday, uh, I, it, it dawned on me, I, I, I talked myself into this, that uh, we should all be uh, envious of the Carol Danvers character who basically disappeared from Earth in, I think it's 1996, because she never saw the prequel trilogy. She never saw the sequel trilogy. She doesn't know. Right. She just thinks that it ended with the return of the Jedi. Uh -huh. And uh, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a per that's where, that's where it ends. That's the Star end of the Star Wars was amazing. <laughs> that's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. She still thinks it's amazing. Yeah, it's exactly. There should be a scene where Nick Fury's like, you know, now that you're back, you should catch up. And she goes, what are you talking about? There were only three movies and they were fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And he's and then, like, oh, you know, no. I come, he's like, come to think of it. Yeah. You know what? You don't need to. Never mind. Yeah. What's Jar Jar Binks. I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, obviously, especially for uh, comic book nerds, the actual mid credit scene uh, was the thing that uh, I, I tried to, I hoped that people didn't have spoiled for them uh, because of the reveal. And uh, I know uh, Kami Egan in the chat uh, hasn't seen the movie, but she unfortunately had all the spoilers spoiled for her. Hmm. So uh, it's fine. But, uh, you know, the uh, not a surprise that Monica Rambeau is still alive. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I felt like I honestly thought we were going to get the that she was going to wake up in like the Baxter building and the Fantastic Four. You know, we're going to see some sign of that, yeah, whether something. we had any cast members. Maybe we just saw the four. I actually thought it was going to be that. But then they went up to it and decided like, hey, remember the X-Men? Hey, remember, uh, remember Kelsey Grammer? Uh, well, just listen to his voice. Don't look too closely because right. um, uh, uh, other people have theorized that it's like, wait, did the uh, did the the VFX Guild go on strike already, and uh, they just uh, didn't tell anyone? It was a little dicey, uh, which is too bad because I I love the blue Hank McCoy. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I'm, I've never been interested in any other iteration of him. I you know I don't I don't need to see him not with the blue fur. That notwithstanding, it's still one of the cooler reveals. It was, it, it, at least for me, I was like, I was not expecting it. But um, let me ask you first, uh, Dennis, because of uh, how much you uh, disliked the film itself. What did you think when we we see uh, poorly rendered <laughs> Hank McCoy with the by, by the way with the masterful voice of Kelsey Grammer? You know, I mean that right, they right. nailed that part. They could have they could have had a voice by Nicholas Holt. 
And then we would have been like, why does he sound like that? Whose voice is that? I don't know. And then you have to look it up and you're like, oh, right, that guy. So it was smart to use uh, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't Kelsey Grammer, it was Sideshow Bob. We got that mixed up. You know what? You're, no, you're <laughs> absolutely right. Uh, and, and oddly enough, in the next movie, it'll be Sideshow Mel. But, uh, exactly. Right. Oh, my gosh. Um, so two things with it. One, um, highlight of the movie um even with crap and 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 when i when i saw him and i heard the voice and i was like oh and then he adjusts his glasses and then i'm looking at how bad it looks and i i'm i'm thinking kevin feisy calling hey bob yeah kelsey grammar's on the other line we need to get him over okay oh he no no he's not going to put on makeup oh you got your iPad Pro in front of you? Yeah. Well, just digitize him and throw him up there. It's fine. He'll just voice over over the phone. Holds up the phone. They voice it over. He takes his iPad Pro, and there it is. There, that's what we got. That was the quality of what we got in, in the end. However, it was still the best part of the movie. That being said, so, you know, CG-wise, because I was hit or miss on that throughout it, I did enjoy it, and with me being a huge X-Men fan, I need to go. Uh, Charles needs an update, and he goes yeah. walking off, and I'm like, "Hmm, which version of Charles? When is this going to be?" Because yeah. Hank's been there from the very beginning, and we know he's blue, so we kind of know roughly time wise. But you know where, and this is going to go, and then right. binary. And, the binary yeah. costume looked good, but it's the yeah. wrong person. Which uh, okay, I, I see what they're doing, but anyway, I still didn't mind it. I I was happy. I'm like, oh. At least it's ending on a relatively positive note. Yeah, and uh, I uh, I Thank was you. always a fan of the uh, the binary version of uh, Carol Danvers, which yeah. is yeah. basically the power set that they give to Captain Marvel. Not just in the movies, you know, like the Captain Marvel version of her, no longer Ms. Marvel or whatever. Uh, that that's basically who she is. So that was exciting, and and I mentioned in an earlier conversation that. There was such a big reaction to the scene. I didn't hear him call her binary the first time I saw it. So I, I literally missed that part of it. And I was like, no. And then you see the suit and you're like, all right, that's kind of a cool thing. What did you think about that, uh, Andy? Sort of getting the, uh, oh, wait, there's at least some kind of plan for X-Men stuff sooner than we thought. Well, one, I actually don't think I, I go back to what uh, or I agree with what uh Christian said about the after credit scenes, they really did for the first phase, every after credit scene dealt with basically it was a preview of the next movie, right. you know? So you were like, Oh shit. In three months, this continued. Awesome. It was now like a visual version of, you know, James Bond will return in October right. or whatever, <laughs> right. you know? And it's like when your after credits was just like, you know, agent Colson sees his hammer in the desert. It's like very yeah. simple, but like, oh shit, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So now we get, and before the before this one, let me just touch on the uh the the first one the where there's obviously setting up young yeah, Avengers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and my big question is they the MCU, whoever's running it, Kevin Feige, whatever, I don't think they know or have the pulse of what they're trying to make stuff for. There is not a hunger, I don't think, for a Younger Avengers movie. If they want to make it for TV only, that would probably be their best bet. Because the thing is, they can do this Young Avengers movie and they can go, but no, that's just it. It's for teenagers. It's for the younger, you know, kids 
uh, the age of yours and stuff, right? But here's the thing. Who takes them to the movies? The parents do. And yeah. you want them to want to go with them. Well, we wanted to go to Endgame. We wanted to go to all those other movies. And so did the kids because it's superheroes. Young Avengers, I don't know if this was real or somebody just mocked it up. But on Twitter, X, whatever, I saw made up. I assume it was a made up movie I, poster I of Young Avengers, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it is and I'm looking up, at that going, I have no interest in seeing that. I, I, I think it would actually be a very good Disney Plus limited series, not recurring like multiple season series. Yeah. But, you know, the the way that the the idea of Secret Invasion before they actually did it, like, yeah, just do a one off six episodes and then yep. those characters could turn up in movies, but have like, a, you know, a long, not long, but, you know, six episodes. I, I think that works. Um, I think you need to put more movie stars in it. You know, Haley Steinfeld, Florence Pugh that's a start but you that's you have start, to yeah. you have to go bigger you know it's like who can you get jennifer lawrence to play when she's already been mystique you know so right i don't know what the answer is and she's the not problem as young is as well, but they already have them all cast you look at that yeah, yeah, that no, faux movie poster and yeah. it's like well these are all the actors that have already you know yeah. um but getting Where to we, the binary oh, yeah. the the x-men thing you know I so unfortunately before we saw it, I saw a screen grab of the actress in the binary suit just standing there that reveal, and I was like, "Oh, damn it!" Yeah. But um, I think it would have been better if when Monica Rambeau woke up, if it was Carol sitting there because she would have been like, "Oh, she she thinks she's back on Earth and stuff," right. and then it's almost like, "What are you wearing?" And then you see Hank, and you realize, holy crap, it's a different world. It's still Carol Danvers is binary. Not the, oh, let's bring her mother in and fake everybody out that way. And then, yeah, the Beast thing. But I don't know what the plan is for the X-Men. I yeah. honestly don't have enough faith to say that they have one. Because like I, like I pointed out earlier, every post credit scene before was leading to the next movie and you knew when it was coming out even if it no. was a year later now you're like oh cool i guess they're doing something with the x-men i don't know when yeah yeah no also, because it's, it's, ahead, these movies, don't they often say uh they give the dates like we talked about how kang is gonna be 2026 now but it was 2025 have they mentioned any dates about a possible x-men movie i don't think they have no I mean, I, we're talking years and years from now yeah yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, I feel like they, you know, and look, the uh, the the WGA and SAG after strikes already pushed the next Captain America, the the uh, Sam Wilson. All next Captain year's America. pushed. That's, yeah, yeah. So the, I think the only thing we'll get next year is is Deadpool three. And uh, my son somehow already knows that it comes out July 26th, which is his birthday. Hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's not one you get to see. Yeah. So, <laughs> he'll be turning nine. So, so uh, but they just yeah. teased the movie that's not going to be seen for yeah. four, five, six years. That That's, that's my point. I, 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 I do awful. wonder if, if, yes, maybe it's sooner than we think. But Christian, at the very least, three years. But I, I don't think that's I realistic. Say, yeah, I say at the very yeah. least, you're looking at yeah. three years. Yeah. Same thing with Young Avengers, though. And they probably did put a date out for that already, but there's no way it's before 2026. No, I just no, I can't know. see and, it. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, that's definitely a little bit of window dressing because they probably, I, I would love to know when that end credit scene was actually put together. Yeah. 
Uh, and, 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 and look, I was going to say, it looks like quickly uh, because the Kamala Khan, Kate Bishop scene, that could have been an in middle mid credit scene because it's setting up something. But then it's right. like, well, we've got a bigger one. Uh, so, you know, a little bit buzzier, a little bit uh, spoiler worthy, all that. But yeah, look, it's uh, I, I, I enjoy a lot of the content, but when I don't like it, uh, I am always very upfront like I was with Secret Invasion. We did a weekly review show for Geekscape and every week I couldn't believe I'd had to watch another episode of that show, <laughs> you know, uh, but there I was. They, they and- call that the She-Hulk syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> She-Hulk had well, that, an episode with Daredevil, but I Not know, to I go know. off the rails with, with Secret Invasion, but man, the fight in the last episode where the, the actress from uh, Game of Thrones, whatever, Amelia Clark, Clark, yeah. Yeah, Amelia Clark. How can you tell the audience she doesn't want to be totally CGI'd? Just make parts of her body. When the other guy she's fighting is like full-blown CGI. Like, the actor's like, yeah, you're not going to be recognizable. But she, by, oh no, she has and, to be. And by the way, in the chat, Cam Egan, wait a second. Secret <laughs> Invasion happened? No, Cam Egan. It clearly didn't because they would have mentioned it in this movie. Uh, So they ignored it. Yeah. Look, Amelia Clark is someone that uh, uh, I know people who are fans of game of Thrones, uh, which I I'm always up front. I've never seen it. I'm just not interested, but what I I know her as is the franchise destroyer because she's in solo. So she killed star Wars. (laughs) She's in Terminator Genesis. And look, they've killed Terminator a few different times, but she's responsible for one of them. And then she's in Secret Invasion. So it's like, yeah, you probably got to stop bringing her into your franchise. Uh, she's you know? the Ted yeah. McGinley of the modern age. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. Plus, plus her comic Which, book mom was a great hit. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the oh, way, God. Ted McGinley, uh, fantastic on Bill Lawrence's Apple TV Plus show, Shrinking. He's uh, oh. Krista Miller's husband. And uh, I, I, it's funny to think about Ted McGinley because I knew that's what we were going to be talking about after 73 minutes uh, or whatever on the 83. <laughs> well, minutes you know, show. because you mentioned it, shrinking is a really good show. Yeah. I like that show. And, and you're right. At first I was like, is that who I think it is? <laughs> but the thing about Ted McGinley, by the way, he's on like five or six seasons of married with children. Yeah. Like, yeah. Best it, role. It, it, yeah. And it's like they're two different shows. There's like there's like Married with Children with Steve, and there's Married with Children with Jefferson. I like both of those shows. But uh, anyway, when do we get Ted McGinley in the MCU? That's the real question. Because right. I'm ready. I don't know who he should be. Instead of Harrison Ford, he should have been Thunderbolt Ross. You know, <laughs> maybe he, he should, should be. Here, here's a lead in for you. If you're ready for it, maybe he should be Mister Fantastic. Ah. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because that is our <laughs> final point. It, it's just rumored by deadline, although they, right? I don't know, Christian, you think it's fair to say deadline is the place for intentionally leaked rumors that uh, sometimes they know it's true. Other times it's like, let's float this by uh, the deadline audience and see what they think. You know, do you I, feel I, like uh, they, they've kind of got some back channel uh, information, some informants? They definitely do. I don't think that's a bad theory at all. So yeah. uh, I think it'll happen. I, I think it's a good choice. I mean, I well, we're talking very... about Pedro Pascal, yes, who of course yeah. is uh, the Mandalorian, uh, Last of Us. Uh, unfortunately, in Wonder Woman eighty four, I'm not going to hold that oh. against him. Yeah, <laughs> no. By the way, still, should, but... still, still the worst superhero movie I saw because I had higher expectations for that than I did for Elektra. That's or, fair. You know, yeah, uh, but I anyway. think he's a good actor. I think he knows yeah. pop culture material so i think he'll fit in well 
And if you haven't seen the Nicolas Cage movie, it was the unbearable genius of mass, whatever, the, the, the crazy yeah. tech. He's wildly funny and, and just engaging in that project. So he's mm -hmm. got range. Uh, he knows pop culture stuff. I think he, I think he's a good fit. Yeah, no, and I think that uh, however you put the cast together uh, for the Fantastic Four, uh, I think that the chemistry of the last iteration of Fantastic Four, which I think a lot of people forget about, is the one with Miles Te Miles Teller, uh, Kate Mara, and uh, Michael, Michael B. Jordan, Jordan as Johnny Storm. And I think if you want to cast Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm, you're absolutely within your rights. Just have his sister also be African-American and yeah, then yeah. nobody has right. to look at it and go like, wait, what? How's that yeah. her brother? Oh, they're adopted. Okay. Why did yeah. you, you know, just be consistent. Right. That's all. I don't care. I don't care. Right. You know, when you do gender swap, race, race swap, just have it make sense. You know, like, you know, don't, uh, don't have uh vision and Scarlet, Witch. you know, be uh, vastly different. I, I, I did not like the Aaron Taylor Johnson version of Quicksilver, but at least he looked like he could have been her brother. You know, mm -hmm. and and if you see that Godzilla movie, also could have been her husband. But anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I I know we uh, we touched on a bunch of other stuff, but uh, this was a fun conversation uh, for me because I I'm I'm often interested. You know, uh, Andy. Well, actually, no, he wasn't there. But Andy, you sat in on our Loki show, and we referenced our friend Michael Shirley, who hates mm -hmm. Loki, but he came on every week and would tell us why. I always think there's value in that. I always want to know, as long as you can tell me why you don't like something, I'm interested in it. Mm -hmm. Because you know, sometimes yeah. like, oh, it just sucks. I'm like, okay. And by the way, just because somebody doesn't like a movie, it doesn't mean they're racist or sexist. It just means they didn't <laughs> like a movie. Right. You know, oh, it doesn't mean. And honestly. Uh, yeah, that's right. You bigot. Damn it. Um, and I didn't know I was going to be on a show like this. Yeah, um, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. Uh, no, real quick with Pedro Pascal. Yeah. I don't, I, I know he gets heat. I don't hate him as an actor. You know, uh, I like him. I think the image floating around of him and then, you know, they show, you know, a, a drawing or art of Mr. Fantastic. You know, it's kind of like when Michael Keaton was cast as Batman. Nobody was on that on that ride. And then they saw the movie, you know, mm -hmm. and it all comes down to hair and makeup. You know, you don't look at Pe at least I don't look at Pedro and go, whoa, that guy's so Latino. He could never play this or whatever, you know, background, you know. Yeah, it's not it's he not Eric Estrada, you know, I right. mean, uh, I think do a that, great would be, job. that would be poor choice uh, in casting, yeah. even in the 70s. Yeah. Eric Estrada as Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, I don't think it works. <laughs> but you give him the great temples and stuff. And, yeah. you know, maybe, I don't know, lose 10, 15 pounds because it's not like Mr. Fantastic is supposed to be a big dude or anything. Mm. So I'll I'll reserve judgment. I've seen a lot of my buddies in the comic book industry on on Twitter just blowing up like, what the hell? They've lost it. You know, and I'm just kind of like. Uh, you know, I can I can joke around on you know on there and be like, yeah, what are they thinking? But honestly, who knows? You know, yeah. I'll wait till I see more. Well, there's a there's definitely you know built in a, appeal, and uh, I've 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 heard a term uh, applied to him uh, by the ladies. He's apparently a zaddy, and uh, I don't know if you guys know what that means, but that is a very attractive older gentleman. And uh, so there's uh, there he does bring that quality. Uh, I heard that start uh, circulating during Last of Us. Huh. Uh, so there's just something about you know because you 
actually get to see his face on like Mandalorian, you know? And also, you know, I love Miles Teller. I think he's a very good actor. He was too young for that. I mean, maybe they're going yeah. for young, but yeah, Reed Richards no. has a little bit of gravitas to him. That's kind of who he is. So yeah. Well, no, yeah. I, with I mean, that Fantastic Four movie, I think they were going with uh, more of the ultimate Fantastic Four from the comics, which was, uh, you know, early 20s type for everybody. But yeah. if they're going with classic Fantastic Four, I honestly, Pedro, I think, if anything, could be on the older side. You know, I would think it might be because what is Pedro, 45 at least? Uh, that's a good question. That ballpark. Yeah, that's probably. I mean, I could see Mr. Fantastic being late 30s. Yeah. right around 40 because that was my first gut see, hearing it and seeing the picture going i yeah, don't know i think he's a little too old he's 48 and uh you know if you take into consideration yep we're gonna do some nerd math right now the fantastic four published in 1961 and in that iteration reed and ben had been in the war together so yeah he was probably you know like late 30s give or take yeah. maybe even mid 30s uh yeah. so yeah i think it is a little bit older but i think it works uh, for that reason, and yes, to refer to the uh, the current or the most recent as of now Fantastic Four film, uh, Miles Teller and Kate Mara could not have had any less chemistry. Kate Mara had better oh, chemistry yeah. with Kevin Spacey, even when he pushed her onto the subway tracks. So, yeah, that's right. <laughs> spoiler, by the Alistair. way. You know, at yep. least give us the Reed Richards with the sideburns. Yeah. I want a little. It's all I need. Sideburns, right? You know, it would be, we, we will see what they do. I, I mean, I, I'll wait till they actually start filming it and, yeah. and they come out. Well, and, and when you find who they cast for the other three, because that is yeah. so key. You've got to cast the right people. Jessica Alba, other. Jessica Alba. Come on. Oh, yeah. I, I, Bring her I, back. Honestly, I would, I would love Michael Chiklis to be back as the thing. I mean I, that. I, that is I like Michael Chiklis. Yeah. I, I got to be honest. I thought the, the effects for the thing looked good. Initial group. Sorry, what was that, Dennis? I actually liked the chemistry in that initial group. The initial you know? group was fine. Yeah, uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was the story that was a bit lackluster, but uh, them as a cast, I didn't have a problem with any of them. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going gray, but it's kind of like sprinkled in my head. I'm thinking, can I go read Richard's gray? Get the <laughs> right. thing going here, and then have yeah. it spread. It's amazing. It's, you know, when I just uh, want hair. So you guys complaining about gray. <laughs> oh, I just want some gray. I just would like the full head of hair. Yeah. Oh, Andy's just, like, I've got plenty of gray. It's just not on my I've head. got the gray. If this gray was all up here, I'd be fine being a silver fox. <laughs> Who would have so. guessed uh, in, I believe it was 1994, when I spent $20 to buy a VHS bootleg of the Roger Corman Fantastic Four, that that would actually still be the best Fantastic Four movie. Oh. Wow. Uh, wow. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. No, with I that stretchy that arm yeah yeah by the way i did the same thing it was a bootleg vhs tape in a black and white case at a convention 20 bucks i also bought the star wars christmas special the same day i i oh. honestly i spent 40 dollars on vhs I, the, I I don't know. I may have never made a better purchase at a convention in my life it that format's coming back so you're good yeah yeah Exactly. Well, uh, gentlemen, I really appreciate you, especially staying longer. Uh, I know they're, sure. they're ended up with always the same thing happened to us yesterday. There always ends up being a little bit of uh, extra stuff, but uh, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad we can have a, a, a talk about differing opinions on a movie and look at this. No, nobody, nobody slammed their microphone down. Uh, you know, Andy, you came close, <laughs> but uh, you ultimately calmed down, but uh, I appreciate it. 
Uh, Christian, I, I want to be able to uh, let everybody know where they can find you, uh, your podcast and your website, other than, of course, in February or March when we do our uh, Oscars <laughs> reaction show on the Blackcast. Gotcha. Well, my website is hollywoodintoto.com because when you have a goofy name, you got to put it to good use. And of course, my podcast is the Hollywood in Toto podcast. Comes out every Wednesday. And, you know, both lean to the right, but I really hope that people who aren't on the right will give it a try as well because I'm not throwing too many sharp elbows. And I think a lot of the conversations I have are ones that people across the spectrum can enjoy. So uh, check it out. Right. Yeah, I know. And I think that, uh, you know, an important distinction would be, you know, you you give a little bit more attention to movies that might be overlooked. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the the faith based movies that make, you know, a tremendous amount of movies, mm -hmm. sorry, make a tremendous amount of money and yeah. are hugely successful. Yeah. But at the same time, you're also not going to like, well, I'm not going to see this you know, this movie for any reason. I feel like okay. you're, you're just a little bit, it's a wider canvas that I think uh, you tend to, to paint. What are you excited for coming out the rest of the year? Are, are you going to see the, uh, <laughs> the big, I, 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 there's a part of me that really wants to see this uh, Thanksgiving slasher movie looks terrible. So I kind of want to see it, <laughs> but what, are, what are you looking forward to the rest of the year? I'm going to assume not Aquaman too, Christian. You know, the one I'm curious about, I think I have the title right is American fiction with Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, it looks like a really funny, sharp expose on culture, on expectations of Black Americans, yeah. uh, and the, the early buzz is off the charts. So I'm very curious about that. And then otherwise, uh, I don't know. Nothing. Nothing well, is maybe Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I love my, I love slasher movies. So. My favorite thing about the the trailer for Aquaman two because uh, you want to talk about people who make headlines for all the wrong reasons. Uh -oh. Amber Heard is in there for like half of one second. But if you watch that trailer, you would assume that Aquaman's wife is Nicole Kidman, who actually plays his mother. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. uh, the, the way that they're like my family and they show, and it's like, is it, isn't he married? No, 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 no. Just, just, no, no, just no. focus on this. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, Christian and Andy, sorry, uh, Dennis and Andy, <laughs> uh, not every, there's only two of us named Christian on this show. That's right. <laughs> But, uh, I was going to change it, but you know. Yeah, it's just easier. Uh, so please uh, let everybody know uh, where they can find your show, and then uh, each of you uh, shout out your your own uh, solo handles. I'll uh, start with you, Randy. Um, so the Dennis and Andy show, you can just search that on YouTube. You'll find it, no problem. And we record live every Wednesday. We have usually different guests on. Uh, yesterday's episode, we had uh, Kevin Grievous on of uh underworld fame and stuff because he's also into comics and he has a crowdfund going right now so we interviewed him and uh every friday morning we drop a movie review we're actually going to go see at 4 30 today uh it's a wonderful knife yeah. have you heard of that one Ooh, i haven't tell me you i don't i don't want to know if you've seen it because we're seeing no. it this afternoon oh my i literally we were going to go see thanksgiving yep and there's only one showing tonight and it's at a time that we can't do. So I'm scrolling through and I go, it's a wonderful knife. What the hell is that? Is, and I watched the trailer and I go, I got it, Dennis. So, uh, is the, is, is the, the John Woo silent night coming out this weekend or does it come out later? Cause that's no, that's uh, December. I, 
All right, yeah. Isn't it? And, and, yeah, I, and, and I don't think we need to have the diehard style argument for that. Clearly, Silent Night is a Christmas movie because I've yes. seen the trailer. <laughs> and so is It's a Wonderful Knife, if you haven't guessed. Um, and it's a slasher flick, but I love those too. It's like candy. I can eat yeah. those up. Right. And um, and then in terms of following me, it's just, you know, at Andy Smith Art pretty much across the board on social media and then andysmithart.com for my website to check out, you know, my comic book art and stuff. And uh, there you go. And uh, Dennis Turner, where can people find you? Um, you can see. There you <laughs> go. There we go. Right there. That's my uh, X slash Twitter. Uh, you can follow me on, uh, on that. And, uh, um, but for our, uh, for our YouTube. audio audience, let's uh, spell it out. Oh, it's at Dinja's Comics, D-I-N-J-A-S-C-O-M-I-C-S. And uh, you can follow me there on YouTube. Uh, just type in The Dennis and Andy Show, or it's at Dennis Turner. And, uh, yeah, I put out, um, besides all the interviews, um, I do a lot of the comic book stuff. So I put out quick flips. I just got out the new G.I. Joe uh, number one, which is actually 301. And then the uh, Larahama uh, cut they just put out. So I just got up the quick flips. I'll be doing full reviews. We do unboxings as well as the uh, guests of uh, interviews and stuff. I got uh, the unboxing of the uh, Starship Enterprise from Tomy. The great big huge die cast all one right. came in. So I've got the videos up and the full rundown of all the lights of that beautiful monstrosity. And uh, so anyway, just check it out. Well, uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. I know it's called X now, but uh, some habits are hard to break. Uh, at Christian DMZ, my personal podcast, The Blackcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. And don't forget the show that I do Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Who are these broadcasters? That's on the Who Are These Podcasts Network. Uh, please tune in. You don't have to super chat, but it's always appreciated. Uh, in any case, uh, I want everybody to have a happy Thanksgiving, both the holiday and the viewing of the slasher film over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we will be back with this show two weeks from tomorrow, Friday, December 1st at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll be visiting again with our pal Kenny Johnson, who created the original miniseries V and also the TV version of The Incredible Hulk from the 70s. We're wow. diving in on a couple of specific episodes prometheus and married so uh he's a great conversation i love talking to kenny and uh he said he would come back on and unlike some people he actually meant it so yeah everybody's like yeah sure i'll come back on. he literally wanted to come back on so uh, that'll be the next time you see us uh that's all the time we have for now but as the great stan lee would say excelsior You're listening to the Geekscape Network.